Good morning, good evening, or good night, wherever you're watching this. Welcome to the 48 Laws of Power podcast, where we discuss the book by Robert Greene. This episode will be split into three sections, each several minutes long, all discussing different parts of the book. The 48 Laws of Power, so here's a summary, a summary and a guide to reading the book. The 48 Laws of Power by John Greene is a modern day classic. Is for people who want to achieve power or keep their current power status. The book was published in 1998 and is available in 24 languages. Political leaders, celebrities, rock stars are all fans of the book, and it's easy to understand why. It draws up on 3,000 years of history and provides the reader with a variety of strategies to achieve power statuses. I mean, if you're what lo- now, here's here's a warning. If you're looking for a book that provides guidance on how to achieve power in an ethical manner without compromising morals, this isn't it. It details with no shame how to achieve and hold on to power with overt ruthlessness or underhanded cunning. The first paragraph of the preface describes this perfectly. It states The feeling of having no power over people and events is generally unbearable to us as humans. When we feel helpless, we feel miserable. No one wants less power. Everyone wants more. In the world today, however, it is dangerous to seem too power-hungry. To be overt with your power moves, we have to seem fair and decent, so we need to be subtle, congenial, yet cunning, democratic, yet devious. That's a perfect way to explain it. Every law uh, is a chapter, so there's 48 total chapters in this book, so it's quite big, but every chapter is around 5 or 6 pages in length, so they're easy and not too difficult to read. The chapter structure is also fairly unique, but they all follow the same formula. The law, a transgression of the law, and interpretation, observance of the law, and interpretation, a tease to power, and a reversal. Which is where it says when the law should not be followed. In every chapter, there are stories and antidotes written in red ink, which show off that particular chapter's laws using historical text. The book references significant events over the last 3,000 years and uses them as a basis for every single law. It takes people such as King Louis, Michael III of the Byzantine Empire, Galileo, P.T. Barnum, Napoleon Bonaparte, Michelangelo, Al Capone, and Empress Wu of China are some of the notable figures in history who have shown how to, or how not to, gain power. Now, we'll be going over several of these laws and discussing them. To start... Law number one, never outshine the master. And the description, the definition in the book says, Always make those above you feel comfortably superior. In your desire to please or impress them, do not go too far in displaying your talents, or you might accomplish the opposite. Inspire fear and insecurity. Make your masters appear more brilliant than they are, and you will attain the heights of power. Well, that that seems fairly dark as it is, so I tend to take it in a different light. 
I tend to use Nerushanda Master as in don't brag. Don't try to show off. It never helps you. When you set a goal, let's say you want to be a concert master for an orchestra. That's a personal goal of mine. You need to practice and practice. But if you start showing off your practice to other people, you start making enemies. And those people you make enemies of have connections. If you're playing much better than the current concert master, and that person is friends with the conductor or those conducting the auditions, they can screw up your audition just so they don't get a, your, give you a spot, just as so they don't like you. It's never good to burn bridges. Instead, you should come in like a snake. Never, the lion doesn't catch the prey without a group. That's honestly, that's that's probably fake. That was a terrible reference, but you, you get my point. It, it's better to not brag or show off. Law number two, never put too much trust in friends and learn how to use enemies. A former enemy will become more loyal than a friend because he has more to prove. In fact, you have more to fear from friends than from enemies. If you have no enemies, find a way to make them. An enemy gives you an opportunity to push yourself, a measurement stick. Like in many games, I'll bring the Pokemon games up as an example. You're constantly facing off against an evil team or organization, which have a progressing, progressively stronger and stronger teams. So you need to cater your own teams to match up with theirs. As they get stronger, you need to adapt and get stronger as well. Same with your enemies. And like I was saying earlier, if you can turn an enemy into a friend, that'll be a friend you'll have for life or for much longer. Because those friends, those enemies, have much more to prove. Our number three is conceal your intentions. But uh, it, it's fairly Machiavellian. It's brutal and underhanded, and I won't be going over it. Our number four, always say less than necessary. This allows you to add an air of mystery while not giving all your hand away. When you are trying to impress people with words, the more you say, the more common you appear, and the less in control. Even if you are saying something important or bad, uh, hold up, my bad. <laughs> Even if you are saying something monotonous, it'll seem original if you made it vague, open-ended, and sphinx-like. Powerful people will impress and intimidate by saying less. The more you say, the more likely you are to say something foolish. This goes hand in hand with watch your mouth, watch what you say. Something our current president has an issue with not doing. He has a tendency to run off his mouth or to not censor what he says on Twitter. And due to this, he has people don't respect him for who he is. Trump would be a great example of a transgression of the law. Next up, law number five. So much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. You need to control what people think about you. If it's bad, you'll be seen in a bad light and word spread. Just as human nature is, gossip spreads like wildfire. And the worse, the more they have against you, the more the world will see against you. This is especially important with the media. They do everything for a story, and they'll never be your friend. 
I'll bring I'll tie this into my own personal goals. I hope to get a management job at Google eventually through a long process. But with that job, that's something you need connections for. You need to connect with employees, recruitment agents, all of the all of that stuff in order to get yourself a potential for a job application and an interview. If your reputation is bad, you won't be able to use those connections. Those connections won't hire someone. They don't think will do a good job based off of what they've heard of you. So it's always good to treat everyone around you with respect. Law Law number eight, make other people come to you. It's never good to seem like you're always going after someone. It's better to have them come to you for resources than for you to go out to them in many cases. Of course, this is, it, it goes both ways. You can do either. Law number nine, win through your actions, never through your words. And this takes the age-old statement of actions are greater than words and applies it. Any momentary triumph you think you have gained through argument is a pure victory. The resentment and ill tort you will stir up is stronger and lasts longer than any momentary change of opinion. It is much more powerful to get other people to agree with you to your actions without saying a word. Demonstrate. Do not exploitate. That's a great rhyme from the 48 Laws of Power. Law number 10. Avoid the unhappy and unlucky. It's never fun to be around a Debbie Downer, and it's never fun to be a Debbie Downer. This, with my other goal, the Google job or a high tech company, being a Debbie Downer can screw things up for you. If you don't seem enthusiastic in the job you want, you won't get it. Employers go after those who seem to actually want that job. So it's never good to be unhappy. Law 13. When asking for help, don't apply, don't appeal to people's mercy or gratitude. If you need to turn an ally to an ally for help, do not remind him of your past assistance and good deeds. That'll only bring out a seed of resentment in that former ally. It doesn't work, and it can only harm you. I'll cover one more law for now, and then I'll take a short break. Law 15. Crush your enemy totally. All great leaders since Moses have known that a feared enemy must be crushed completely. If one ember is left alight, no matter how dimly it smolders, a fire will eventually break out. Analogy from the 48 Laws of Power. More is lost through stopping halfway than through total annihilation. The enemy will recover and will seek to revenge, crush him, not only in his body, but in spirit. This is one thing you can take as to place the word enemy with goal. You want to accomplish it fully. If you stop halfway, you'll be tempted to give up, and that goal will overwhelm you. That'll be it for this segment. I'll be back in a sec.
Welcome back to the 48 Laws of Power podcast. I had to take a short water break. In this segment, we'll be discussing some more of the laws and going over some goals, how you can accomplish them, and how you can better and how you can be a better person. We'll start by let me pull up a chapter here. We've discussed law 10. Law 14 is a bit brutal. Law 16, use absence to increase respect and honor. With, with the stock market, too much circulation makes the price go down. The more you're seen and heard from, the more common you appear. If you're already established in a group, temporarily withdraw from it, and it'll make you more talked about and even more admired. You must learn when to leave, create value through scarcity. I'll be reading a parable here from Jean Lafontaine from 1621, The Camel and the Floating Sticks. The first man who saw a camel fled. The second ventured within distance. The third dared slip a halter around its head. Familiarity in this existence makes all things tame, for which it may seem terrible or bizarre. When once our eyes have had time to acclimate, Acclimatize becomes quite commonplace. I've heard of sentinels posted on the shore who spotting something far away afloat couldn't resist the shout, a sail, a sail, a mighty man of war. Five minutes later, it's a packet boat, and then a skiff, and then a bale, and finally some sticks bobbing about. I know of plenty of such to whom this story applies. People whom distance magnifies, too close to, don't account to much. Let me pull up another section here. Everything in the world depends on absence and presence. A strong presence will draw power and attention to you. You shine more brightly than your peers. But a point is inevitably reached. Where there is too, where too much presence creates the opposite effect. The more you're seen and heard from, the more your value degrades. You become a habit. No matter how hard you try to be different, people respect you less and less. At the right moment, you must learn to withdraw yourself before they unconsciously push you away. Like a game of hide and seek. With the sun, it can only be appreciated by its absence. The longer the days of rain, the more the sun is craved. But too many hot days, and the sun overwhelms. Learn to keep yourself obscure and make people demand your return. These are several excerpts from the 48 Laws of Power under Law 16. In the real world, this is one that is used quite often. People start to take you for granted. People start to take items for granted if they see it too much. You never know, as in the song Letter Go by Passenger, it says, You only need a light when it's burning low. Only miss the sun when it starts to snow. And that applies to everything. We'll move on to another segment of the book now. Law number 18, 
Do not build fortresses to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. The world is dangerous, and enemies are everywhere. Everyone has to protect themselves. Now, a fortress seems the safest, but isolation exposes you to more dangers than it protects you from. It cuts you off from information, makes you conspicuous, and an easy target. Better to circulate among people, find allies, and mingle. You are shielded from your enemies by the, prou- by, by the crowd. Under the 40 section of the 48 Laws of Power, it says this, A good and wise prince, desirous of maintaining that character and to avoid giving the opportunity to his sons to become oppressive, will never build fortresses, so that they may place their reliance upon the goodwill of their subjects and not upon the strength of citadels. Niccolo Machiavelli, 1469 It's never a good idea to choose isolation. As we've seen with several countries, isolationism isolationism never works. It only leads to issues. And this comes with our goals as well. If you dig them inside yourself and never share your goals with other people, the chances of you accomplishing them are much less. You need a support group. You need people to encourage you and to give you help when you need it. This goes for everything. Law number 19. Know exactly who you're dealing with. Don't defend the wrong person. There are many kinds of people in the world, and you can never assume that everyone will react to your strategies in the same way. Deceive or outmaneuver some people, and they will spend the rest of their lives seeking revenge, their wolves and lambs clothing. Choose your opponents carefully, but never offend or deceive the wrong person. I'll skip over the next section of the book as it's a bit dark. Now skip straight to our T's of power. The ability to measure people and to know what, who you're dealing with is the most important skill of all in gathering and conserving power. Without it, you are blind. Not only will you offend the wrong people, you will choose the wrong types to work on and will think you are flattering people when you are actually insulting them. Before embarking on any move, take the measure of your mark or potential opponent. Otherwise, you will waste time and make mistakes. Study weaknesses, the chinks in their armor, their areas of pride and insecurity, that are ins and outs before you even decide to deal with them. Now, from the book, two final words of caution. First, in judging and measuring your opponent, never rely on your instincts. Nothing can substitute for gathering complete knowledge. Study inspiring your opponent for however long it takes. This will pay off in the long run. Now that's a great thing right there. Always plan for the future. It's better to be a snake in the grass than a bird in the hand. I, I probably just butchered that. But that's a general statement. <laughs> Let me just grab a drink real quick. Okay.
So we've we've gone over several different laws so far. We've gone over a general description of the book, a definition. And here now we'll be talking about some examples from real life and things you can do to help yourself and to be more self-reliant. We just talked about law 19, know who you're dealing with. Now I'll move to the law 20. Do not commit to anyone. Fools rush to pick a side, and that is true. You never know what that side actually is. It is better to watch and see what happens than to choose one to join and serve. It's always great to maintain independence. The moment you're hooked on to a crowd or an ideology, you're locked in, and it's hard to escape. Tip a few. Law 22. Use the surrender tactic. Transform weakness into power. When you're weaker, never fight just for honor, but surrender. It is never good to go down for honor. It is better to go down. It is better to stay alive, to come back again. And this is with your goals. If you fail completely, it's not a good idea to keep trying if it's futile. You stop back. You take a step back, you look at your goal, you look at what you've done, and you figure out what you can do to fix it, what you've done done wrong, and what your plans for the future will be. And that's how it should be with every goal. Everything needs retrospect, whether it succeeded or if it failed. I've brought up several of my goals already in the first segment, but I'll start adding some more in here. I... I Plan to learn the I plan to learn the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, at least the first few pages of it. And with that, it, it, it's a very difficult piece. And with the violin, players tend to have a tendency to pick up bad habits, to play passages wrong, or to ruin tempos, or to screw up your bowings and fingerings. So, a good idea is to step back, record yourself, see what you did, and how you can fix it. And that is the perfect way for this. Surrender for a bit to see what you did wrong. And then come back stronger than ever. Knowing your mistakes. Law 28. Interaction with boldness. If you're unsure of something, be careful doing it. But timidity is dangerous. If you're not going in, if you're not being aggressive, if you're not going after your goals or, or what you want, you won't accomplish anything. All of the greatest people in the world, Bill Gates, etc., even Robert Greene, they all worked to accomplish their goals and to gain their fortunes. They took risks. They didn't play everything safe. Any mistakes you commit through audacity are easily corrected with even more audacity. Most people admire boldness. Keep that in mind. Lot 29. This is one of my personal favorites. Plan all the way to the end. You need to take into account every scenario, every possibility, everything that can take you away from your goals, and have a plan to counteract them. Let's say you get too busy with homework. You need to plan a schedule so you can still accomplish, say, practicing a violin for 30 minutes a day. 
which is one of my own personal goals, and still be able to get the homework done. Maybe you can move the homework to at night or early morning so you still have that practice time. If you plan, you won't ever be overwhelmed. It is easier to eat an elephant bite by bite than to eat it all in one sitting. Law 35, Master the Art of Timing. Always be patient. If you're, if you're rushed to... So aggressiveness is good. It is very good. Aggressive and assertiveness. Being confident in your own shoes. However, you need to be patient. If you rush in with some things, it can backfire on you terribly. Without being prepared, you, can, you don't know what can happen, and you don't know how to prepare for it. You need to learn to stand back when when ready, and then strike when you are. After this break, we'll be covering some more of the laws, and we'll do a general summary of the book, and I'll discuss my personal goals, and what I how I plan to accomplish them, and how these laws apply. See y'all in a bit. Welcome back to the 48 Laws of Power podcast, where we discuss the book 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. In the first section, first we talked about several laws and a general summary of the book. In our second section, we went just went over a bunch of general laws and a couple of real-world applications. Here, we'll be discussing goals and how to accomplish them using some of these laws learned in the book. I haven't gone over every law, but I will be applying many of them in this section. So, I've stated several of my goals already, to learn the medicine violin concerto, to gain the status as concertmaster in the recent local orchestra, and to get a job at a large, tech co- large Silicon Valley tech company. Now, all of these are pretty... Are they big, large goals, but through planning can be accomplished. That was actually one of our laws just a second ago that we went over. Plan all the way to the end. Without planning your goals, you're screwed. It is uh, the person who lives day by day is always in a struggle. And if their day by day doesn't work out for them, they're screwed over. You need to plan for the long term, how to accomplish what you want. You need to plan for a scenario, plan each and every scenario. Like for me, let's see, say I don't get this uh, scholarship or application or I can't apply for this college that I want. That'll screw me up. So what I need is I need an alternative. Trade schools are a big one. Those are great resources to getting the connections you need to go back and trying to get those scholarships and to be accepted into a different college. And then my, one of my other goals was to violin. And I'll connect that with the Mendelssohn Cheryl. I'll enter that with interaction with boldness. If you're playing me, if you're practicing meekly, you'll play meekly in a performance. 
If I practice meekly, it just won't help me at all. I need to practice as I want to play. I need to practice on my best, or I won't play my best. And th- this goes for everything, whether it be basketball or the violin or any other instrument or anything else in life. You need to practice how you plan to do it. Law 41 talks about avoiding stepping into a great man's shoes. What happens first always appears better and more original than what comes after. You should try to be the one coming up with the original. It is never good to walk in the shadow of a person. You can't leave your own mark. You can't leave your legacy in a shadow. Instead, you want to be the light. You want to lead other people. You want to be an example and a leader. Once again, this shows of most things, politics, any leadership position, business, management, marketing, really anything. Law 45, preach the need for change, but never reform too much at once. Everyone understands the need for change in the abstract, but on the day-to-day level, people are creatures of habit. Too much innovation is traumatic and will lead to revolt. If you are new to a position of power or an outsider trying to build a power base, make a show of respecting the old way of doing things. If change is necessary, make it feel like a gentle improvement on the past. With the past of the Catholic Church and Galileo and the many numerous scientists who came up with inventions and new views and philosophical views on the world, they were tried, convicted, and killed. Simply for having a view, but then align with the past Catholic Church. Law 46, never appear too perfect. Appearing better than other people is always dangerous. Most dangerous of all is to appear to have no faults or weaknesses. Envy creates silent enemies. It is smart to occasionally display defects and admit to harmless vices in order to deflect envy and appear more human and approachable. Only gods and the dead can seem perfect with impunity. And this is great. With one congressman, congresswoman currently in government, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she has an air around her of superiority. She tends to act better and speak down on her peers and the people around her. And this breeds resentment in the general public and her peers. Even if she's saying something good, which personally, I don't agree with anything she does, it, it, it'll never work out. She can't be isolating herself as holier than thou. It'll only lead to negative treatment. Now, I'll read a little bit more from the preface for the 48 Laws of Power. Learning the game of power requires a certain way of looking at the world. A shifting of perspective, it takes effort and years of practice. For much of the game may not come naturally. Certain basic skills are required, and once you master these skills, you will be able to apply the laws of power more easily to your life. 
The most important is the ability to master your emotions. An emotional response to a situation is the single greatest barrier to power. A mistake that will cost you a lot more than any temporary satisfaction you might gain by expressing your feelings. Emotions can cloud reason, and if you cannot see reason, you cannot be reasoned with. Now, anger is the most destructive of emotional responses, for it clouds your vision the most. It also has a ripple effect that invariably makes situations less controllable and heightens your enemy's resolve. If you are trying to destroy an enemy who has hurt you, it is far better to keep him off guard by feigning friendliness than by showing your anger. And this talks about emotions and not using them as a weapon. It is better to rely on lot logic and facts than opinions and feelings. While opinions and feelings do work, they aren't sustainable. As opinions change, viewpoints change, but facts never do. They're set in stone.